Welcome back to the Vocal Vault Podcast. I'm your host, Dakota Matthew, and we have a fun episode in store for you today. Someone that I've learned a lot from as an educator and a musician, and someone that I got to work with in a show choir setting during my student teacher time. He's an incredible musician, educator, and arranger, and he's a great friend of mine and someone that I admire in the vocal music world a lot. And I'm stoked to have him on the show today. We have Mr. Andrew Jacobson. What's going on, Jay? Hey, man. How are you doing? Good. Good. Uh, hey, let's start this off. Um, would you tell everyone your name, even though I just did, where you teach, where that is located, and how long you've been there? Okay. Uh, my name is Andrew Jacobson. I teach uh, music at Lincoln Southwest High School in Lincoln, Nebraska. Lincoln, Nebraska is on the east central side of Nebraska capital city. Did I hit everything? Uh, how long have you been there? Uh, and this, I'm going into my 13th year, and I actually even student taught at Southwest, just like yourself. Yeah, so you've been there your whole teaching career. That's sweet. Well, let's back up a little bit and get a little bit of context from you. Um, how did you get into the vocal music scene? And uh, like, so what was your background in music? How did you get to where you are today? Um. I'm originally from Nebraska. I'm from a small town called Hebron, Nebraska, which is um, 90 miles away, 66 as the crows flies from Lincoln. Uh, there you go. But uh, small town, everybody did everything. So I did music and I did band and choir. And then um, as I was going through, I decided I was going to be a music major. Um, I actually thought I was going to be a trumpet player or like a trumpet major, but didn't happen. And I got into vocal music at the University of Nebraska Lincoln, got a music ed degree there, and then ended up student teaching at Southwest. And the rest is history. I just yeah. got uh, opportunity came and I was hired and I've been there ever since. So we have almost the exact same path from college to student teaching anyways, because yeah. um, I got to my spring semester of my senior year got to student teach with you and Denise Cotton who was the your counterpart there at the time now it's Marcy D Ambrose Dr Marcy D Ambrose who yep. also taught some of my vocal classes at UNL um which is kind of super fun as well um yeah i just for a little bit of background we i also got to be one of the assistant show choir directors for that year and we did a finding nemo show and uh, I also got to work with the prep show choir there as well. So I learned so much. And that was all right before the world shut down. I remember our, uh, yeah. <laughs> our last show choir competition. We were at Totino Grace in Minnesota. And we had spent a little bit of time at Mall of America and then drove the buses home and unloaded the kids on the uh, back, back at the high school. And then I was like, all right, I'll see you next week. And I never saw you again for the rest of the year. <laughs> it was super, super bizarre. We were like, okay, extra week of spring break and an extra another week of spring break. Here we go. Um, so Lincoln Southwest is a monster program. How many kids do you have uh, first in the school in general and then in your choir program altogether? Okay. In the school, it's actually in the last couple of years, it's been growing Uh Hence the need for their uh, Lincoln Public Schools is actually considered an urban, uh, uh, an urban school district. Uh, Interesting. They just built the seventh high school uh, opening this year uh, in 2022, Lincoln Northwest High School, and then they're going to build 
another one, Lincoln Standing Bear. Uh, okay. Just, or it'll just be Standing Bear High School. It won't be Lincoln Standing Bear um, to help with the growth because Lincoln Southwest is about 20, about 2250. And okay. when I came to Southwest, it was between 1900 to 2000. But what happened was um, all the other schools really filled up. And so we have about... Wow. 20, 2300 in the school, but it might be smaller now that the uh, Northwest just opened up. And then in the vocal music program, I think we had, I mean, I think with everybody, they had a dip because of COVID, but our, I think we were about 170 in our vocal music program. Wow. Maybe 160, but like, Years when I was starting, it was between, I would say, 210, 230. Big numbers. So you're, yes. you're working with multiple concert choirs, multiple show choirs, a chamber choir, an auditioned concert choir, freshman choir, all of the things, right? Yeah, uh, I, do, I don't do the chamber choir, um, but I also teach a music technology class. Oh, okay. Uh, and um, I do a... a for one semester, I teach a music technology class. And then for the next semester, um, instead of music tech, I, I assist both uh, freshman concert band and freshman uh, concert choir. Cool. And there are two acapella groups at Southwest, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Ho- and, and, Octet and, and Silver Lining, is that what they and, are? And now they just added um, a barbershop. Awesome. Called the Quicksilvers. So cool. Cool. Yeah. My dad was on last week and he got to talk a little bit about the barbershop scene. And uh, I think it's awesome when we see more and more high school groups getting into the barbershop scene as well. I only think barbershop is, is great for the choral music world and also for the vocal music world in general. I love barbershop as well. hundred percent. So with this map monster of a program that you run, obviously there's masses of people that you have to communicate information to and, uh, you know, advertise concerts and things like that, too. Can you talk a little bit about how you manage communicating and using, you know, social media and online things to your advantage to get that information out to those people? Yeah. um, Personally, I'm always an advocate for the students to be responsible for the knowledge. So first place that they get anything or where they do their assessments is through uh, Google Classroom. Google okay. Classroom is kind of the y'all come do assignments and just like information. At, I, I think they have that from maybe at least middle school because our students are, are afforded Chromebooks, individual yeah. Chromebooks, awesome. Chromebooks. And it's nice because they now have even the like touch screen, which is really, really sweet. That's awesome. Um. But then, I mean, email is like the uh, main thing that we use, but also LPS has us uh, monitor our social media accounts. So um, we have a Twitter account, uh, an Instagram account, and then an, also a Facebook account. But I believe Instagram and Facebook are pretty much integrated the same. So okay. which, is, which is nice in the fact that if I ever post out a message just to remind parents of something because emails can get cluttered with, you know, uh, bed, bath and beyond like spamware. But it will, uh, it just is those nice little reminders that outreach to the parents, but also like 
alumni and sure. other supporters that, oh, that catches my eye or I can share this post. Sure. I mean, you're working with the whole village of people, um, whether that's students. I mean, you have a full booster program that you're communicating with hundreds of parents that you've got to work with as well. Now, does LPS have anything with like your personal social media stuff or any kind of requirements in your contract as, as to how you have to, you know, manage your personal social media accounts or, or I'm anything not like that? I'm going to answer what I don't know, but what I can okay. tell you is um, we, I'm a member of Lincoln Education Association, which is sure. like the Nebraska Education Association, the teachers union. Yep. And uh, we get little reminders, especially like during uh, election seasons, just uh, like sure. what you can post, what you should post. And, sure. and so it's like, I know there are probably some like true laws on like what we do in our contract, but yep. for the most part, we just at least get those smart reminders, A, from sure. our admin our administration or our um, education association representative. Yeah. I mean, because as we think about it, there are our own personal accounts, but also we as a, our name are associated with our workplace and our schools and, you know, even anything that we, we decide to associate with on our personal accounts is also, you know, reflects directly to our work, whether we, whether we like it or not with how networked everything is. Um, okay. Moving on. You also are a very successful um, arranger and have a lot of business in that world as well. Um, obviously, the beautiful music that we get to sing as choir people and get to direct as directors has to be arranged and put together in a really smart way somehow. And um, I've gotten to work with your arrangements and see you do it firsthand. Um, can you talk a little bit about how you got into the arranging scene and... Uh, kind of how, how you make that work also as a teacher. It wasn't planned. Let's just start right there. <laughs> it was never planned. Um, I didn't even still think I was going to be a teacher. And I think we're going to talk about that later. Okay. But uh, what had happened is when I was in my student teaching, uh, resonance and ambiance always did a spring show where they, they would pick their music and the former director, Jonathan Dearlin, who is a, a very good arranger, sure. would, he'd, he'd write their stuff. He'd just pop it out. And that, and that was just kind of the expectation as in like teachers are always like magicians, carpenters, tax payers, it just, it, or they just do everything. I don't know. Yep. Um, yep. And so uh, Denise uh, is been her, she's been doing choir music forever, but she, you know, just learned how to copy and paste, I think. <laughs> no, but at the same time, she's like, you, you're the young guy. Can you arrange? I'm like, uh, trying to get a job at that moment. Right. Right. So we'll I figure say, it yes. Out. Yep. And here I am. I have a couple of songs of finale. I am by ear, literally just like click. No, uh, yeah, am right. I in the, I didn't, I mean, not even so like figuring out oh what key am I in what uh -huh. instruments I need how to write for I didn't know how to write for drums or anything and then it, I kept doing it writing the spring shows and obviously I became more familiar with finale and it got to the point where okay I'm always writing the spring shows um, I've been tweaking arrangements that I had got from other professionals like uh, Pete Eklund and sure. Nick Dahlquist were writing for me at the time and 
sorry, I'm drawing a blank, but what happened is one of my friends uh, who had just got a job recently, he had heard some, like he knew I was arranging and he heard some, he's like, hey, you want to write for me? I'll pay you. And I'm like, there you, you know, go. It was like dirt cheap. And I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, like whatever. It's just a little summer thing. I'll take a cup. I'll, I'll sure. take a couple hundred bucks for like writing some things. And then it kept snowballing. And what actually happened was uh, me trying to design my show choir shows, like even, you know, marching band directors. Sure. I didn't want to even mess with trying to explain to somebody what I wanted um, <laughs> when putting it. To, I, I just, there was, there was like 13 songs in the show and how I wanted them to go into each other. I like, yeah, I had the vision of just like, I'm just going to do it. And there you go. I remember being told I was crazy and rightfully so I was crazy. <laughs> um, but in that experience too, while I was still writing some small stuff for people, like I learned it so, 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 so much by doing that. Cause I think that yep. was the year I had a half Eric Whitaker opener, which was, I, but I love, but I love concert. I'm sure music. it was, a, so yeah, that's I'm sure it was a beast to arrange as well. It was a, it was a beast to arrange. It was uh, a beast to sing. And there you go. Um, and then I ended up, and then I had like friends come and talk to me, like um, Megan Tantillo Swain. She like saw me at a at a con at a competition. She's like, "Hey, can I see that score?" And I'm like, "Okay, sure." She's uh, like, I want you to write for me. I'm like, "Wait, really?" And so uh, it kept snowballing. So I've now picked up a couple other shows that I get to do and collaborate with a lot of people around here including my own sure i would say a couple is a little bit of an understatement you're working with many of the big time you know lincoln and omaha schools and and well, you're the in music the makers from harrisonville from harrisonville hey that's where i'm from uh for those of you listeners that don't know um my dad was on the last episode and uh jay arranges for some of my dad's shows as well so um it's kind of a full fun full circle moment there um, awesome. Thank you for all of that as well. So for everyone listening, um, I want to hear from you, Jay, what is the, what is your favorite thing in vocal music to participate in? Do you like doing the directorship stuff? Do you like singing and stuff? Do you really get any opportunities to sing anymore or what is your favorite thing within the vocal music realm to, to do? I mean, there, I'm, I'm going to say a couple of things just real quick. Cause I can't, sure. I can't just say one because uh, like, like I said, I, I teach band, I teach music tech, uh, I teach show choir, I teach concert choir. Um, my favorite thing in the band world is I also, since I arrange, I, I, I uh, direct the backup band. So the show band of players that mm -hmm. get to play that style of music. And it's such an interesting, fun ensemble. It's, it's very, I would say it's the closest thing to a musical pit. Yeah. It's like a rock band kind of. Yeah, it's like, with, yeah, with I would horns. Say yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a rock pit, honestly. And it's awesome. Um, show choir. Is, my favorite thing is probably uh getting to play musically with students vocal when they when they're truly knowing their vocals in a ballad like high yeah. high high level musicianship and like just to the perfect like t but the the thing about it is just like 
always be challenging your students on that type of stuff because they, they can, they can always, always, always challenge them to the highest level of musicianship, especially just when they know it because they can do it. Right. Right. And then in the concert choir world, um, it, I think it depends on the work, but, uh, one of my favorite things probably to do is, uh, we've had a couple of opportunities to sing, uh, large works. Uh, and I think we just sang Mozart's Requiem for mm. the second time since I've been there and singing with a live orchestra, like Lincoln symphony or Omaha symphony. And then having yeah. like large things like, it's a beast to put together, but when you get that like rehearsal and then you just hear the strings being like a right. director, like, oh yeah, this was worth it. It's worth uh-huh. it right now. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. So you are going on your 13th year, correct, of teaching. Yeah. Um, that's crazy to me. You seem, I feel like we're the same age, but we're not even close. Um, for everyone listening, um, in your years of experience, what is the most profound idea or lesson you've learned from teaching in the vocal music setting? Um, you know, I would say uh, it's like, you know, you hear people talk about don't sweat the small stuff. Right. It's okay to do that, but also it's okay to walk away knowing it didn't happen that day. Like once I leave that room as frustrated as I may be, it's just like, okay, let's figure out the next day. Right. And and because I think I had moments where I was in an environment, including with myself, it was just like, I would stress so much about just getting those things right or having a good rehearsal or or if I, if I didn't have the perfect rehearsal, we weren't going to like make finals or something like sure. that. And it, and then you realize after you go through pro students are in your program because they want to be there and they want to do well yep. and sound they, and they're smart and you can always challenge them. If it doesn't work out, it's okay to take a breath sure. and wait for the next opportunity. That's good. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so true. Our, our, our choirs that we see at the beginning of the school year are very, very different from the choir that comes out of it at, by the end of the school year. And that all doesn't just happen by perfect rehearsals every single time that happens in the downtime, in the downtime and in the, in those tough rehearsals where you have to grit it out and where you have to, you know, you get, you get some personal life lessons out of those situations as well, which I think are just as valuable as some of the music making that you get. I mean, and you would, no, I, I teach a, I have, it's technically an audition, uh, 10th and 11th grader prep show choir, mm-hmm. because we don't allow students to do show choir, um, or we don't have, let me not allow, we don't have the ensemble or teachers to do it until this coming year, actually, it's exciting, but when, if educators or any other people, including yourself and Mr. Matthew, have seen what this group looks like at the beginning of the year, you're like, <laughs> step touches and unison singing is going to be a great opportunity. Yep. But then it's like, 
but you keep pushing and you work with that group and then they're like, oh yeah, we're going to place high in prep division every yep, year. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, these kids are so much more capable than we, than we think. And I think the more that we can push them and give them challenging opportunities is only going to be better for them. So last question for you here before we wrap up, um, what is a favorite musical memory or performance that you've been a part of? Uh, I, as the show choir director, and I, I said this earlier, I direct the show choir band. Um, I, in, two, in 2019, uh, I had an, op- I had an opportunity to work with a, a select group of students where I had some instrumentation that was just wild. Like the, the trumpets I had were the top four trumpets in the top jazz band. And I had an electric, uh, I had two electric guitarists, including a rhythm and a lead and they were whip smart. And I had a killer drummer and we got to play some fun, insane music. And we had this performance. Um, I think probably the best video or just like audio of it is we, uh, we played at Millard West had a show choir competition. The theme was, three little pigs. And, you know, I could say like one song was great or the other, but like, I don't know. I mean, it it was just an incredible experience. I guess I remember writing that show too. We did Thriller by Michael Jackson Mm -hmm. and anyone who knows just like, no matter what you're doing in the music world, it's like, if you were to bring iconic music, there becomes a little, I don't know, I feel a little bit of responsibility to make sure it doesn't do sound it right. bad. Like, yep. yeah, yeah. Or like, yeah, do it justice because it it does stand so strongly in the music world. Like you, you want to do the hallelujah chorus. Well, like if you yep. do it, yeah. Yep. Uh, so, and we did a awesome rendition of thriller and it was one of my favorite things to play. Yeah. So awesome. And I actually was in the audience for that performance and it's, it's to put you in perspective, uh, the lights are off right before this moment. The big, the big bad wolf is about to come out and all you hear is from this monster high school band. And you just, it blows your socks off. So Man, Jay, thanks so much for for giving some time and and coming and chatting with me today. I really, really appreciate it. Um, I hope you guys got a little bit out of this conversation. Jay is a brilliant musician. I will link all of his contact stuff in the the description, as well as a link to the video that we were just talking about with the Three Little Pigs. Um, Thanks again so much for tuning in. Uh, Be sure to tune in next week for another special guest. Until next time, see you later. One, two, three.